0: You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Big day today as college basketball is back. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On send you. So for the college basketball debut, season debut, season opener, got a good friend of mine from Twitter, Leif Tuline, friend of the show, been on multiple times, the man who hyped up Trey Murphy well before it was popular to hype up Trey Murphy as a first-round pick. Leif, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing very well. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm I'm doing well. Couldn't pick a, a better day for this. I am ecstatic. College basketball starts mid-afternoon uh, for you, early afternoon since you're at mountain time. But it is a beautiful day for college basketball across the country.
0: Sure is. Can't wait.
1: Yeah. So with that, what we're going to do on this is we are going to give you the best preview that you can find. We're going to do some a crossover of draft and college basketball insight. We're going to do... So basically, like award predictions, player of the year through most of the major conferences, some little tidbits such as best mid-major team, best mid-major prospect, although that one's kind of a slam dunk if you've been in tune with the draft. Uh, Best mid-major team, uh, or excuse me, I said that, most improved returning player, surprise team across the country, and our top storylines. So let's dive right into it. Let's do this in alphabetical order. ACC player of the year, who do you have?
0: I don't think this is too much of a surprise. I'm going with Paolo Banchero. I think he is extremely versatile. He's huge. He's quick. And I think the as much as I don't like it, the Duke Blue Devils are going to be probably the best team in the ACC at at least one of the top three and winning counts and he's unique. So I, that, that's my ACC player of the year.
1: Yeah. Can't argue with any of that. I mean, he's a top two, top three prospect, probably top one, depending on who you ask. So that really shouldn't be a surprise. Same way at Zion, I think one ACC player of the year as well, his freshman year, if it's not Paolo, it's probably gonna be AJ Griffin is my guess. ACC just doesn't have anyone outside of Duke. I feel like that's really going to pop as that player of the year. Would you agree? Yeah.
0: I mean, you can make an argument for Buddy Beheim He'll get a ton of shots under Jim Beheim and they're going to shoot a ton of threes, but I think, they're not going to be that good. And if you're sixth place in the ACC, which is, I think, where they're around projected to be, uh, I don't think you're going to win that vote over a guy who's going to be scoring nearly 20 and 10, um, as we expect Banchero to do so.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even across the board, like last year, when Matthew Hurt won most improved, statistically, he was not the winner. Isaiah Wong of Miami. And I'm not just saying that because I've Talked about in probably every single episode of the show. (laughs) But like Isaiah Wong had a bigger jump, but Miami just wasn't as good. Like, granted, Duke wasn't exactly a world beater last year. The team play does matter because Miami had a poor reputation. But I agree. It's Paolo Ponchero Honestly, Duke runs the ACC. Um, It's not a whole lot, I feel like, in depth about the ACC that we can go yet. I feel like it's a kind of surprising conference. That's something that a lot of prospects, I feel like, will emerge randomly throughout the ACC, but it's not really. Top heavy just yet, outside of maybe Florida State. Uh, so, going to the next conference, giving it, uh, I actually already went out, out of alphabetical order. I'm really bad at this. The American Athletic Conference, uh, home of the Memphis Tigers. I assume uh, that's where you'll go player of the year, but surprise me if not.
0: I, I do have a surprise for you then. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyson Etienne of Wich- uh, Wichita State. I think he's the best returning player in that conference. Obviously, he brings some new faces that with elite talent and elite traits to Memphis. But there's a few new moving faces there. That program has some stuff to get through. And I'm going to go with what like what I know. And I think Tyson Etienne is a, is a slam dunk to be a first-team all AAC. So why is might as well hedge my bets and put him as the player of the year because he's going to be one of the top two or three candidates to win that despite the other two being better NBA draft prospects.
1: Yeah, I, I actually admittedly went with one of the better NBA prospects. I uh, I do think Tyson etienne is uh going to be draftable. I know if you follow Hawks Draft Nerd on Twitter, he loves Tyson. Like he's his biggest fan. He's really all in on him. Um so I've heard a lot of positive things, seen some myself. Haven't t- watched a ton as much as I probably should have, but Wichita State will be a top watch for me in that conference. I went with Jaylen Duran at Memphis. I feel like it's pretty set up. It's set up pretty well for him to thrive. there. not in Money Bates. I think the age will kind of hurt him this year. And also just, I don't know how good he'll be year one just as a whole. So I'm going with Jalen Um, But how about big East? Let's go to the next conference.
0: I'm going to go with Julian Champagne of St. John's and I think they're going to be surprised people with how good they'll be this year. Uh, Villanova has got Colin Gillespie, who has been instrumental to this team for multiple years. And I'm sure is the projected uh, favorite by most. Um, I just think Julian Champagny is a basically NBA player playing on a surprising St. John's team that I think will be better than pretty much every other team. Maybe Villanova you could say is better, but I think they will be the second best team, if not the best in the big East. And I think he'll be the best player by a decently wide margin.
1: Yeah, I could, I, that's probably the best pick. I went with a little bit of a contrarian route myself. I, I chose Paul Scruggs at Xavier, but what I could see for the second year in a row, is maybe a three way tie. Colin Gillespie, Gillespie was one of the winners in the three way tie last year with Jeremiah Robinson Earl and uh, Sandro Mamukelashvili, uh, someone who I know both of us absolutely love. And uh, maybe there's another three way tie between Champney, Scruggs, and Gillespie again. That'd, that'd honestly be impressive to be one of the, he'd probably be the first three way tie winner multiple times. Uh, Gillespie, that would be a historic achievement, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's deserving of it. Don't get me wrong. I just I, I f- foresee um, Villanova being good, but it being a collective effort, and he won't stand out as much as maybe he could in other systems because of the way Villanova plays such fundamental egalitarian basketball. And so I think Penny is my favorite, but I would not be surprised at all if they divvy it up the same way they did this past year between three worthy candidates.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Hey, let me ask you something real quick, actually, about Villanova. Who do you think is their best prospect?
0: That is a good question. I'm gonna go with Justin Moore. I I think his shooting will translate. I don't think that's terribly debatable because he can really shoot the ball. I'm not fully sold on his defensive capacity as like a three and D, which is his mold in the NBA. But I don't think Gillespie is your top prospect, even though he's your top player this year. They lost Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think Jermaine Samuels has the athletic body, but I'm not sure his shot translates because there's a hitch in his jumper. And uh, they're big is Eric Dixon. I'm not sold on that. Brian Antoine's got horrible injury luck. So I think Justin Moore is the most obvious answer and Caleb Daniels of lane transfer. So I, I would go Justin Moore.
1: Yeah. Hey, I like that pick because I expected such a big jump for Justin Moore. I honestly expected him to put up Sadiq Bay numbers as a sophomore and he didn't, he actually went opposite. He went from 40% from three to 31. Free throws went up though with more volume, but I was a little bit disappointed to see that. I really hope he does have a bounce back junior year because his shot is theoretically automatic. Like that freshman year, he fed off of that. Just the whole system was perfect for him. And I really do think he is a bounce back candidate. I was mostly interested to see what you had to say about Brian Antoine because the talent is there. Like you said, I I honestly don't know anything about his game because I just haven't seen him play really at all. Like I, I don't know the game count that he's played, but I'd be pretty shocked if he's even played 30 games in his entire career. I'm I'm actually going to look this up.
0: I don't think he has.
1: Yeah, it is. So for his career, 26, like that's, he need, like a lot of times, you know, you hear junior breakouts and like there's flags raised. I don't think a junior breakout one is not even a breakout. It's like actually him coming onto the scene, um, like literally almost would be huge. So I don't know. That's that's something to monitor. Is there anyone, any other prospects in the Big East that uh, that have caught your attention or is it pretty much everyone you've said?
0: I think we've discussed two of the other three for me. Julian Champagne, he tested waters this year, and I think Paul Scruggs is the other one. We, you mentioned him. Uh, I, w- I would say that Posh Alexander is a guy to keep your eye on as a player who could rise through boards, kind of through defensive intensity and athleticism. I'm not sure his game will be NBA ready, but I do expect him to be a first or second team all big East performer in uh, a really loaded backcourt for St. John's. So um, I'm not sure I'd say he's an NBA candidate uh, yet, but like we saw players like Lawson in this year's combine. We didn't think we're that great in college. And I think uh, Posh Alexander is a better college player already, but he can provide similar attributes um, and he's even quicker in my opinion. So that that's an outside shot, but I think that's kind of a deep dive when we've discussed the main three or four.
1: Yeah, I agree. So when we come back, we will talk about the Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, and uh, SDC as well, but first let me tell you about Truebill and prize picks. Do you know why free trials were new without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or you simply forget about. On average people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill Concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 200 million or 2 million, excuse me, users and helped save them over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, NBA fans, have you heard about PrizePix? PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out yet, you are missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app. PrizePix has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market, and they offer more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sports prop operator. And they offer superstar players, bench players, obscure players, they have them all. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. PrizePix allows mixed sports entries so you can do something with LeBron, Patrick Mahomes, Jamie Benn, whoever it is you want to do. You can cross all of these over. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it and I know you will too. All right, welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Continuing our awards predictions with Player of the Year and just overall college basketball uh, predictions and preview with Leaf Tulin. Let's start with the Big Ten. So Big Ten, I feel like, is actually one of the harder ones. This was – I imagine we're not going to have the same person. Who is your Big Ten Player of the Year?
0: I'd be pretty shocked if you are the same guy as me because the, the Big Ten is the home of the gargantuan behemoths inside, uh, Kofi Coburn. You've got uh, Hunter Dickinson, Purdue's got two really good centers, and Zach Eady and Travion Williams. But I'm going to go with the smallest of them all. I'm going Andre Curbelo, electric guard from Illinois, and he's what makes that team run. You notice last year Io DeSumu was the, the guy who got all the attention, but um, he was out for the late part of that season, and Andre Curbelo took the reins and led Illinois to beating Michigan uh, like like a drum. They beat them soundly. Um, And that was the three versus four matchup at the time. And also Andre Carbello should only get better with more volume and his arguably, if not pretty, obviously, in my opinion, the best passer in the country.
1: Yeah. He's someone who, if you watched Illinois and you scouted them, he was probably actually third on the pecking order to some extent, even though like the player I chose is Kofi Coburn. I don't, I think he's actually probably the worst prospect that we're going to talk about in this entire show, uh, just because his game is so back to the basket. He's a, he's a 1990s big man. And if that, like maybe even 2001, which is a lot worse uh, as a prospect. And, but it's great for college basketball. So like he already has the narrative going for him. That's why I kind of chose him. The other guy that came to my mind was Jaden Ivy though. Um, I know you like him as well. The, the FIBA U-19s, he really took off there. The skill jump is obviously coming. It just, is the production jump coming to. And like you said, all the bigs, can you overcome the big men who are going to be averaging probably double doubles? It's going to be tough. Like Trace Jackson, Davis, uh, everyone else you said as well, I think you actually included Trace. So that's a repeat, but it's just deep. I mean,
0: you could even, so Trace Jackson Davis, I didn't, I didn't even include there and he might be the most established player of them all. He's been, uh, all conference two years in a row now. Um, the the interesting thing to me is you mentioned the FIBA U19 and Jaden Ivy was phenomenal. Chet Holmgren was phenomenal on that USA team. But a guy who played for Canada didn't get a lot of love. Zach Edy was a seven foot-four freshman who had spurts of dominance as a freshman, and he looked amazing. And it, he was a third best center in that competition. And when the first two are Chet Holmgren, and even better than Chet was Victor Wenbenyama. I'm pretty high on that guy. He's seven four. He's 19 years old and he's starting to move well with that size. I think he's better than some of the old Purdue bigs they've had, such as Isaac Haas and A.J. Hammonds. Um, like Biggie Swanigan is more of the mold of um, Travion Williams, but I think Zach Edea is one that could emerge as a prospect if you're looking for someone to emerge as a first-team candidate, but it could be a prospect as well. As you mentioned, behemoth size with Kofi, I think he's got a chance because he's so unique in the way he moves with that size and heft. That said, I'm not sure he's a prospect just yet.
1: Right. Yeah, and I mean, another name just in there is Hunter Dickinson. Like, the the conference is just stacked with big men. If you're looking to big man scout, like, wait till conference play the Big Ten, literally every single night there will be a matchup to watch. It's crazy. I mean, one quick thing before we go over to the next conference in the Big 12, uh, quick quick question. Do you think Trace Jackson Davis is – is he – where is he on your board? Like, where would you take him if everything you know now – where does he go?
0: I haven't fully formulated a board yet not having watched um, that many of these players play but I would say he's probably a late second for me right now just because of his inability to stretch the floor however it's hard to deny his work rate and his finishing ability near the rim and with a team that could potentially space the floor better than they have been able to at Indiana um, I'm excited to see what he's able to do with more space on the interior.
1: Yeah, I actually echo every single thing you said. So let's go to the Big 12. Um, who is your player of the year? I feel like uh, this one's a little bit wide open, but we might end up with the same person.
0: Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm a huge Baylor guy. I love I love their team last year, and I was going to go with Kansas' Jalen Wilson. He's in a bit of a legal issue right now. So I'm going to go with Matthew Meyer, a stretch four that I think is a unique player, who's been overshadowed by great teams and uh, players playing in front of him that fit what they had in front, uh, like Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, two of my favorite players of this past year's draft. Um, you can't put too much of Matt Meyer in when you've got a guy like Mark Vidal that is so vital, ha, 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 um, to, your, to your team and the way they play basketballs around those two guards. So I'm going to go with Matt Meyer in a breakout junior, or is it senior year?
1: Yeah, uh, that's my pick as well. He was a hot pick for that almost late first round pick after they won the title. He really has grown as a shot creator. He's what, six, nine. I mean, he has the size to be that shot creator. He still looks like with the hair and everything, like he might be 13, but the man is ready for grown man basketball. He's going to be too good for the big 12. Uh, I, I really like the Jalen Wilson pick. I think even if Jalen Wilson didn't have the DUI that he would, Matthew Meyer would probably still, be the favorite do you think Matthew Myers the top senior for the draft just preseason
0: I can't think of anyone better um I'd have to like categorize it to be certain but I off the top of my head he's the best senior I can think of
1: yeah I mean he's my top senior as well so I I never thought I'd get there because I really thought his game just wasn't that good I thought it was a little bit overhyped and then you kind of watch it back and I mean yeah the shot creation is legit um so when we come back, we will finish this up. We will do Pac-12, SEC, Best Men Major, Best Men Major, Prospect, all of it. Uh, but first, let me tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind off are pointless and seamless, seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse might happen to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket instead. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto percent up to 30, 50, even 100% more, uh, or 100% for the same parts from a chain auto parts store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are also reliably low for every single customer and they have everything you can need. You know, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, they have it all. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. The amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, so to finish up our college basketball predictions, I got Leif Tuline with me. We are going to go through the conferences again. We have the Pac-12 SEC best Men major best mid-major prospect, most improved returning player surprise team, and our top storyline to watch for the season. So Pac-12, I feel like this one, we're, there's no chance we're going to agree. And uh, I'll actually start this one because this is someone who, uh, in about May, I said would not get drafted. And I caught a lot of flack for it. This is someone who had a great tournament run uh, with UCLA. But I do think his game is going to be, really strong as a senior uh, or junior, senior, uh, Johnny Juzang. Johnny Juzang is going to be my pick for Pac-12 player of the year.
0: I think that's going to be the most popular pick. I actually think he's the third best player on his own team. Um, Not as a prospect, just in terms of college basketball. I think Tiger Campbell's more influential. I think Jaime Hawkins is more influential to that team. I am tempted to go Jaime Hawkins because I think UCLA will win the division um, or the conference, I should say but I'm actually going to go with Noah Williams of Washington state. If you want a real deep pick here, uh, I think he will score at a prolific level and this Washington state team is underrated. And I think if you put up a certain amount of points on a certain amount of efficiency, which he has the capacity to do, he scored 40 against Stanford last year and shoots the lights out. And he's also six, five and long. I, I'm going to buy into it and take that as a, as a guy who I think could steal the throne from the obvious Picks, as in Juzang and Hawkins. And then maybe even Oregon's got a few really good players as well, like Will Richardson. But I'm going to go with Noah Williams.
1: Dude, you said every single – I I don't even need to say anything else. Like, I agree about Juzang. I think it's almost a narrative thing. People are going to see he'll probably end up with the most points, though, and a high three-point percentage. That's why I chose him. If it was me, I mean, like I said, I'm not a huge Juzang person. I don't think – barring a big shot creation jump, I don't know if he's going to get drafted again. But – Noah Williams, man, that is my guy. I think Washington State is going to be really good. There's a big hive of us on Draft Twitter. It's a it's a very shy hive, but the two way playmaking that game he had 40 um, was huge. I mean, he forces turnovers. He gets shots. He gets to his spots. He could potentially, if everything goes right, be a little bit of a three level score at least in college basketball. The dude does so much and good size, like you said, good length. So I really like that. I'm um, going to the SEC. This one completely wide open. Uh, I, there's zero chance we have the same player. Who is your SEC player of the year?
0: I've got two guys that I'm torn between. So I'll give you both. And one is a certified draft prospect. Um, one of the top recruits this past year, freshman Jabari Smith for Auburn. Uh, my concern with him in terms of winning it is because the other, they have three guys in their front court, including himself, that are first-team candidates. I mean, Walker Kessler was an elite recruit, went to Carolina, showed flashes, transferred to Auburn. Alan Flanagan is a really, really good athlete who, if he puts it together, could be a first-team All-SEC player. I'm going to go with Jabari Smith there just because I think he's the most raw. Like, he reminds me a bit of Josh Smith, actually. Um, And my other option is a former Auburn Tiger in Justin Powell, who's now on the Tennessee Volunteers. I love his game. I watched him. Right before Sharif Cooper showed up uh, on the scene for Auburn because of his suspension, and he got hurt, and Justin Powell is just a straight baller, puts the ball in the bucket, and I think this Tennessee team will be one of the better teams in the conference, and therefore they will be a candidate to win. And the most obvious pick is probably Javon Kinnerly, but I, I, I don't like uh, the narrative because there's too many players on that team that can score the basketball for me to award one the there.
1: Also, Kinnerly and. J.D. Davison splitting really sounds bad for Quinterly. Uh, Dude, that Tennessee team, I think they win the – I personally think they win the conference, like, regular season, tournament, who knows. But um, that team is stacked. I I genuinely think they have nine guys who would start for every single team in the entire conference. Like, that is a loaded team. And they have prospects. They have just college veterans who are good players that will play overseas. They have guys who can step in at any given moment, like – it is a stack team and the whole sec got transfers like you said with like walker kessler the sec was a huge recipient of a lot of those uh transfers i went with someone who i think is just going to put up a ton of volume i don't see his team being in the category of auburn tennessee all those guys i got iverson molinar he's one of my top juniors for the entire class 6-3 combo guard three level score somewhat of a defender i think he needs to get to the line a little bit more to really increase that volume but there's a chance he could get 20 something points per game and who knows, maybe he'll get that like almost Russell Westbrook love, you know, where it's like, he's on a bad team and he's the guy, maybe he gets the love that way, but the SEC as a whole, is just, I'm enamored by it. Um, so kind of going in the opposite of the SEC because they're, they're the, you know, deepest conference. Who do you think is going to be the best mid major team? And for the record, we're excluding Gonzaga. Cause that's obviously the answer, but like, not Gonzaga, not St. Mary's. Um, and not San Diego State. Is there anybody else I left out that would not be in this?
0: No, no BYU.
1: Yes, no BYU. So half of, half of Gonzaga's conference.
0: I would, okay, there's a few few trains of thoughts here for me. Uh, one would be Iona, because Rick Pitino, despite what he does off the court, he's a very good basketball coach. They gave quite a, a pretty good run for the money for the number two seed Alabama in March Madness. I think that's a safe bet if you think who can make the tournament and that's the best um, measurement of success as a mid-major. Two others I like are Oral Roberts. We saw what they did in the tournament last year. They brought back Max Asmus. However, they lost Kevin O'Banner. And my third one, I guess I'll give you four because I'm just indecisive and mid-majors are hard, but I'll give you Winthrop and Belmont, two teams with notable success. If I had to choose, I'd go with Winthrop this year. I think that team plays very quickly. They can push bigger uh, bigger teams because of their speed, um, and they are, they're well-coached. They know how to play together, and I believe they returned the vast majority of their team from last year. That was a pretty solid team throughout the season.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask what you think without Chandler Vaudrin, how that team would fare. So that that is a – if they're deep, I mean, it really doesn't matter, especially when you're a mid-major. Like, you find another hole to be plugged in, you know. I, I kind of cheated on this, though. Uh, So like I said, half of the, uh, you know, half of uh, Gonzaga's conference does not get included. However, uh, I'm going to go with Loyola Marymount. I really like the transfers they've added. They just feel like a pretty stacked team. They were almost the, uh, they got one of my favorites, personally, Cameron Shelton. I loved him in Northern Arizona. I know that's like deeply obscure. I caught a few games of him and I love his shot creation. I think he's going to be on the all- um, Oh my God. Why did I just, why did I just blank on the conference's name? Help me out.
0: Uh, WCC.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I I've been wanting to say the whack this whole time. And I'm like, it's not the whack. The whack is like non-existent, but (laughs) um, or at least in football it isn't, but I, uh, yes, he'll be all WCC, the West coast conference. I I'm very confident in that. And they have multiple players that will be in that realm. So Loyola Maryland Mount is my pick. I almost went with Oral Roberts. Uh, but without, because Kevin O'Banner transferred correctly and not using, okay. They're, yeah. And so that's that makes it really hard. But I, I think Loyola Marymount's going to be a tough one. Uh, are there any other mid majors you wanted to, uh, to touch on?
0: Uh, we, we touched on them as we didn't count them, but I really like the BYU team this year coming in. And obviously, Gonzaga, we don't count in this. But uh, I think that that's a team that will be much improved and not that they got too many new players. They got a few. I got a transfer in Tejan Lucas, but um, I just think that they've got a lot of depth and I really believe in Mark Pope. And I know that's not necessarily one of these deep mid-majors, but I wanted to give a little plug to a team that's pretty close to me locally. And I think they are on the precipice of becoming a household name in college basketball.
1: No, I like it. I'm surprised neither of us said Milwaukee uh, because that'll lead us into the next one. Best mid-major prospect. uh, This is very safely... Patrick Baldwin Jr. I I don't think, yeah, no objection from you.
0: Oh, none at all.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's a top 10 prospect. He went to Milwaukee because I believe it's his dad, right? Is the coach there. And they do face some good competition. I know they play Florida. I forget some of the other teams they play, but they, they play three. That's really going to be the big, big tape. I mean, like sure you could, the horizon league, like has some, scouting ability i guess but like you can he's gonna be the best player by far like he's safely the horizon league player that you're barring injury um it's it's safely him i don't even think that's necessary to spend a ton of time but if you haven't seen him though actually his jump shot form if you're listening and you haven't seen jump shot form is pure uh that's why he's top 10 but uh best uh or excuse me most improved returning player who is your pick for this this one's a very wide open field because it could be is this in the
0: country
1: yeah anybody not mid-major or anybody.
0: This is tough. Um, I will go with. I, I'll give you two answers of two elite teams. Actually, I'll go with Zach Eady because a lot of people saw him as this clumsy seven-foot-four guy, and I watched him on the U-19s playing for Canada, and I was very impressed. And he'll have a heavy spotlight on a really good Purdue team that has guard play that's very good. So he should get a lot of easy dunks, and he'll stand out to me and both physically, but also because of his basketball play. And my second one is, I think that Gonzaga, because they're really, really good, um, is going to have a couple players that played better that, that didn't get a play last year because they were that good at once again. So I'll go with Julian Strother and or Dominic Harris, whichever one ends up starting there um, or whoever is the sixth man, but if they choose to play Rossier Bolton, I think those guys are both NBA bodied wings that um, have a chance to really have a strong spotlight because of their their, you know, their fame in, in playing for Gonzaga with Chet Holmgren. Like the, every game is going to be super televised. And if they showcase NBA skills, they'll get an advanced look just because of what name they're wearing across their jersey. And I think both of them have the chance to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We saw that with uh, like Andrew Nemhard last year as well. And, and yeah, the Gonzaga effect is fully real. I'll go with F.A. Abegidi at Washington State. We've already talked about uh, the Cougs once. Why not again? Uh, He's someone who he showed a lot of flashes, particularly early in the season. I'd seen his name come across the draft boards. He kind of fell off. His basketball IQ is still pretty raw. He really doesn't know how to play too, too well just yet, just because he's so new to basketball. But I think a sophomore jump is fully in line for FA. He's a modern modern five. He's mobile. He can shoot. Uh, Just really needs to get the consistency down and ultimately decision-making, less fouling, things like that. So um, did you have anybody else for most improved?
0: Yeah, I've got one I really like, and I think he could become an NBA prospect, maybe not this year, but the next, Uh, Reese Beekman at Virginia. He became a fixture similar to the way Kihei Clark did in that championship team. He was a guard that was more of a facilitator, not a scorer. He hit a three to beat Syracuse in the ACC tournament, and then their COVID uh, exposure happened, um, and they were unable to practice before they were upset by Ohio and Jason Preston. Um, That said, I think that moment of him shooting a three and he's starting to get better. And I've watched video of his jump shot looks better and better. He's an elite defensive guard in the ACC, and I think he'll be one of the best two or three players on that Virginia team that should be a top three in the ACC. Um, So that's a player I'd keep my eye out for a market improvement in terms of statistics on a very good basketball team.
1: I like it. I like that deep cut. So two more surprise team in the country and top storyline so who is your surprise team for the 2021-2022 college basketball season
0: give me a second to think on that let, let me let
1: me i'll go it. first i'll go first and so i'm i'm biased uh this is a hometown bias i love what they did with their transfers though and uh, i'm gonna go with tcu i love mike miles he's another guy on that FIFA U 19's really good especially in the first 15 games of last year i think he probably peaked. Uh, at the Mizzou game which went into like two overtimes one overtime something like that which they should have won they had a ton of games where they just were in full control until the final 90 seconds and I think adding guys like Shahada Wells I love Micah Peavy um the kid from Vanderbilt they also got Emmanuel Miller uh they got a ton of transfers yes they lost some players so I lost Kevin Samuel overall I think they got better and I think if they learned to close games and I think they do have a true closer to Mike Miles who I have as a top 30 prospect he's my number two returner in all of college basketball or for the draft, I should say, um, not for college basketball itself, but I am all in on the Horn Frogs. I'm also super biased because I, I go to like all their games. I'm, I'm here. Like I've been going for years. So give me a non-biased one. <laughs> okay. Yes. I've got
0: some, I've got two teams that I've come to and, one is St. John's. I mentioned, I thought they'd be very good. And it starts with their backcourt. I think that's the key to any good college basketball team that's having a really good backcourt and they have two players that I think are NBA caliber players in Julian Champagny and Posh Alexander. Um, they started to emerge down the stretch uh, and made a run in the big East tournament last year. So that is one. And number two, I really like uh, Oklahoma and I'm not sure it'll be immediately, but I love what, um uh, Porter Moser did at Loyola Chicago. And I like the pieces they have in the defensive backcourt they have with Harkless. They've got, um, they've got Jordan Goldwire from Duke. They kept freshman uh, Hill and they brought in the Groves brothers from Eastern Washington who gave Kansas a serious run for their money in the first round of the NCAA tournament this past year. So that's a team that I would have my eye on maybe more so in the future, but I think this year could surprise people because everyone looks at Kansas, Baylor, Texas, Texas tech, As the top tier, I think Oklahoma um, and, and Oklahoma State, for that matter, will be up there and they don't seem to have the appeal or the luster of some of those other marquee Big 12 schools.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately for Oklahoma State, with the postseason ban, their attention is going to be one on them for the wrong reasons and two off of them off on the court because people are just going to dismiss a team that can't make the postseason, which is outright sad Um, because I I do agree. And also shout out the Oklahoma pickups. uh, The guys from Eastern Washington were just outstanding pickups. And I've been shocked. If you look at their, their stats, one of them was the player of the year in the big sky. Like it makes no sense how that has gotten zero recognition. So I'm a little bit shocked. So that being said, what is your top storyline this year? I feel like there's one overarching one and obviously, but what is your top storyline?
0: I mean, I hate to be obvious, but that's the big storyline. As Coach K is retiring and it's his final year, can he go out and have, uh, have a swan song and win a title after a, after a fairly disappointing era in Duke basketball the last three years? I mean, they have such high standards. That is the honest truth is that they've underwhelmed. And I'll give you a uh, – you know, that's, that's 1A, and that's 1A by a good bit, but I'll give you a 1B for me, and that is can Gonzaga win the title? They've been so close. They've had great teams. Um, They bring in the best prospect they've ever had in Chet Holmgren. Can they break through and win a title? And is this new era in Gonzaga basketball of top-tier recruiting, stealing McDonald's All-Americans rather than Europeans, who end up being great, such as Sabonis? Um, Can this sustain, and can Mark Few win a title?
1: Hey, I love that. I was actually going to say Chet Holmgren is actually like, if he hits, that's – a generational prospect, a seven footer. I mean, he is the truest unicorn and he can handle the ball, he can shoot, defend, pass, all of it. Like if he hits, man, that is actually a huge storyline to, to watch. Coach K is the obvious one. That is what I was referring to. Uh, the only other one, I'm going to steal John Rothstein's thunder here, but fans in the stands, man. Like it, it's going to be like, imagine, like I'm very happy for Coach K that he gets to go out with fans, barring anything out of this world happening again where fans get taken away, God forbid. But like if he... I, I'm very excited to see Cameron Indoor uh, just get crazy. Everything. I, I'm very excited for it all. So, I, I agree, though. Gonzaga is a great second story. So, just to review, here is what we got. So, for the ACC player of the year, we both said Paolo Bonchero. For the American Athletic Conference player of the year, uh, I said Jalen Duran. We've said Tyson Etienne. For Big East, I said Paul Scruggs. We've said Julian Champagny For the Big 10, I said Kofi Coburn. Uh, we've said Andre Corbello from Illinois, both Illinois players, actually, for that pick. Big 12, we both had Matthew Meyer of Baylor. For the Pac-12, I said Johnny Juzang of UCLA. We've said Noah Williams from Washington State. The SEC player of the year, I had Iverson Molinar. We've had Justin Powell, the best mid-major team. We had one A1B from Leaf and Winthrop and Iona. Uh, I had Loyola Marymount. We both said the best mid-major prospect was Patrick Baldwin. The most improved players that we selected, F.A. Abigidi, Zach Eady, and then a huge shout-out to Reese Beekman, one of the best deep finds I've heard. Most surprising teams, we listed three, TCU, Oklahoma, St. John's, so Big 12's got some surprisers. And then the top storylines, Coach K, Gonzaga, and the fans returning. So this has been the college basketball preview for Locked On NBA Draft with Leif Tulin. Leif, thank you so much for joining. Tell everyone where they can find you.
0: Appreciate it. It's always a blast, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm on Spotify or anywhere you find your podcast. My podcast is called The College Sports Hive, so I'll surely be talking about these college uh, college teams that we've listed. To talking about these same players. So if you ever want more college basketball content, you know where to find me. College Sports Hive, and my Twitter is at Leaf lean So thank you again for having me on, and it's a, it's a pleasure as
1: always. Hey, thank you, and yeah, you have like the perfect podcast voice. So definitely go and listen to his podcast as well. Thank you again for joining, and thanks, Leaf, uh, for coming on. And I'll ha- sure to have you on at some point again to talk college basketball. But thank you, and have a wonderful rest of your day.